Well, David, we got the first surprise of the offseason with the firing of special teams coordinator Darius Swindon. But on the flip side, some Chargers got some well-deserved All-Pro honors. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always, my co-host, David Drogemeyer. We've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show to start Chargers Domination Live. Now, this is our fourth season going on our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Well, David, especially after seeing, you know, teams like the Raiders lose and the Patriots lose, feeling a little bit better this week. Cowboys, you can add into that as well. I mean, definitely a better vibe. This week, seeing those teams get bounced. But if you haven't already, make sure to go subscribe to the new Locked on Chargers YouTube channel and follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you guys for making us your first listen on a Monday with a ton of Chargers content to get into and some actual news that happened, of course, right before the weekend, right after we wrapped up our last show last week. But we did get the news that Darius Swinton was fired. So I definitely wanted to take a look at that, including one particular replacement that seems like it would make a lot of sense. And then we'll get into the Chargers All-Pro selections. Rashawn Slater, Corey Lindsley, and Andre Roberts, all well-deserved second-team All-Pro honors. And having two All-Pros on an offensive line that's been as bad as the Chargers has been super surprising and super cool, obviously. And then we'll wrap up the show with talking about how Derwin James probably got snubbed, I would say, from the All-Pro list. And if there's any other Chargers who we expect to make the All-Pro team next season. But starting with Darius Swinton, David, I mean, I was surprised by this. Just because, I mean, first of all, it's only been one year. You know, that's obviously tough. And I understand that the special teams as a whole wasn't good enough this season. I mean, 28th in DVOA from Football Outsiders. Obviously, that's towards the bottom of the league. But you could definitely feel it getting better. I mean, the last game was standing. Obviously, you have a a fumble that on the punt unit, obviously, is going to make it feel worse. You miss a 51-yard field goal that makes it feel worse. But overall, it seemed like it was trending in the right direction, especially considering all the young guys that they had out there. So Darius Winton and Meyer Chaduri were both a let go by the Chargers, the special team assistant coach as well. And now it was just one of those things, David, where it was just like, I didn't really see it coming because at least you could make a solid argument. OK, well, at least it's headed in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at the unit, um, you know, as a whole from the beginning, it definitely didn't start off great. They had Tristan Vizcaino as their kicker coming out, and the guy missed fit five extra points, and that's just absolutely terrible. That, th- those should be pretty much automatic, and to to miss that many so quickly on in the, in the season, that was something that, that really ne- necessitated a change. So they were able to bring in Dustin Hopkins and Andre Roberts during the bye week of week eight. And I think that's when you really start to, started to see things stabilize and get a lot better. Um, but hey, how much of that is just those two gentlemen coming in and kind of masking some of the other deficiencies that you might not have seen uh, when you take a look from, from a you know more macro perspective? And when you start digging into some of those other numbers, um, you know it's really not as impressive as you as you really want it to be and at the end of the day daniel this is a results based business and if you don't get the results then you're going to be looking for another job 
Yeah, and I think, I mean, maybe there's someone out there, right, and we'll talk about that, that Brandon Staley could have in mind for his replacement, but obviously Brandon Staley showing, you know, he would let go of one of his dudes after only one year if he's not getting the performance that he needs. I mean, we'll never know how much of that came from the front office or upstairs, you know, and how much of that came from Brandon Staley. Or if there's any extenuating circumstances that we don't know about because that's never going to come out. I mean, I liked his overall approach, and I think when yeah. you're talking about, you know, guys like Nick Neiman leading the team in special teams tackles, having so many rookies out there, Keeman Hall, who had never played before, Amen yeah. Albabamiga had a big role, Chris Rump as a rookie had a big role, and towards the end, I mean, those guys blocking got a lot better on the kickoff return unit, and yeah. just overall it was a lot better, but you did have a punt blocked, obviously, which is, mm-hmm. sucks. It was terrible special teams-wise pretty much all the way around for the beginning of the season. So I understand we are making a move here, but I'm a little surprised. I mean, even like a Ronaldo Hill, because even though he's not like the defensive play caller, right. Or anything like that, disseminating, bringing the Staley's defense to that team is obviously a big part of that. If you are a defensive coordinator. So I, I thought there may be a scapegoat. I wasn't expecting it to be Darius Swinton. And I think one of the big things, David was just how bad the punt unit itself was. Right. Yeah. And the thing is like Darius Swinton was bad. You know, 28th is not good, but, Three of the last four years before he got here, the Chargers were 32nd or 31st in the NFL. The one other year, 2018, 12 and 4, right? They were 25th. And yeah. the DVOA I like to use just because it's all encompassing. It's kickoffs, kick returns, punt returns, punt coverage, yeah. you know, all of those things put together. But like he, it was a pretty monumental task that he took on, right? But the punt unit itself, maybe not enough people are talking about Ty Long being part of the problem or a bigger exactly. part of the problem, right? Because their punt unit this year, the coverage wasn't great. They were 32nd in the NFL in punt DVOA. They were at negative 14.9. The next closest team to them at 31st was negative 9.4, right? That's so a five Not and a half only was point. it last, it was <laughs> last by a lot. Like historically bad, right? And I do think that that's another position that has to, you know, you have to keep an eye on because – Ty Long ended up being the punter, and maybe they didn't bring in a competition. You know, Lachlan Edwards wasn't enough, right? Pick Tristan Viscaino over Michael Badgley. Uh, Michael Badgley, you know, for what it's worth, still was good at kicking short field goals, obviously. Wasn't missing extra points. But I think all of us are ready to move on. It just wasn't the right answer there. So yeah. I do get some of that, but that is a position that I think the Chargers should try to upgrade this offseason is the punter position, even though I like Ty Long, and I think he seems like he's one of the guys. Yeah, I mean, and he definitely seems like he's a leader as well. I mean, you've yeah. seen some video clips of him, you know, kind of tearing into some of his teammates after certain things have happened throughout the year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think we saw really any kind of directional kicking out of Ty Long. We didn't see a lot of touchbacks. Uh, uh, not a lot of not, not a lot of punts inside the 20. Yeah, yeah nothing I think you inside like the 20 or nothing inside like the 10. Yeah. Nothing, you know, I don't think there was a single punt this year where you're like, wow, okay, that was a really, really good punt. And that really – put the opposing team in a bad situation that didn't happen. And, you know, that's just some of those little things that you really kind of want to see uh, out of a punter. And he just had an okay leg. He just never was, you know, the, the guy that was really going to help your team uh, and field position. And as a punter, that's pretty much the majority of your job is to try to get as many long fields as you possibly can for the opposing offense. That just didn't happen for Ty Long. So I think that's definitely a position going into next year that the Chargers should look to upgrade. And I mean, Ty Long's, you know, was bottom third in the league as far as just average punt distance. But a lot of that is on the coverage units as well. So I don't want to put it all on him. But it's not like he's doing any kind of world-beating numbers. But one person I would say to keep an eye on as we head into this offseason would have to be Chris Tabor from 
the Bears, who obviously just got rid of Matt Nagy, just got rid of their GM. They cleaned house there. He is already interviewed with the Panthers for the same position. He hasn't taken it yet at this point. But one of the reasons it makes a lot of sense for Brandon Staley is the two spent time together in 2018. And the other nice thing about him is he has recent success. I mean, the Bears were seventh this year in special teams DVOA. They were eighth last year. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about 32, 31, 28, 25. Yeah, hearing seven and eight back-to-back top 10 seasons from his unit. And he's been there since 2018. And he had a Pro Bowl returner in every season. And it was three different dudes, which was pretty impressive. Cordero Patterson twice, Jakeem Grant once, and Tariq Cohen was the other one. But every year... They're getting production out of those units. So especially as a guy who has ties with Brandon Staley, I'd be really surprised if he doesn't get an interview. And I mean, I definitely would be very interested. Yeah. And as you should be, I mean, imagine what this Chargers team would look like if they had a top 10 special teams DVOA unit like that would make a humongous difference. I mean, shorter fields on offense, longer fields to defend on defense, maybe a couple of special plays from a punt return unit. Uh, just better overall production from that unit. It's going to alleviate stress from every other position on the football field. So if you get better special teams production, the Chargers are going to be a better team. So they would be stupid to not at least extend an invitation to Tabor to get that relationship with Brandon Staley rekindled again. Well, the nice thing about him, too, is when he took that unit over in Chicago, they were the 25th ranked team. And then by the end of it, they're the seventh, right? So, And you know I, how important development is for uh, you know Brandon Staley, and so that's pretty tangible evidence right there. Yeah, and I do think Darius Swinton deserves a lot of you know credit for what he did this season, knowing yeah. firsthand what he was working with, right, which is not a lot of talent. And a lot of those guys could come back and be you know key special teams factors for the Chargers next season. And I think a lot of the reason why is because of what Darius Wynn was, you know, did to change that culture, right? Because it wasn't, you didn't feel like it was terrible entering that last game of the season. You felt like it was definitely headed in the right direction, including, you know, having one of the best return men in the NFL in Andre Roberts, one of the best in-season acquisitions that I can remember earning an all-pro nod. Should the Chargers bring him back this year? I mean, I'm saying yes, but we'll get more into that in the next segment. I need to tell you guys about my favorite built bar protein bar i always do that because i always start thinking about built bar and it's like my favorite flavor of built bar is built bar just because i'm always thinking about but built bar is the best protein bar you guys are going to find out there and right now especially with new year's resolutions in the works right this is a great way for you to have a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar you can feel like you're getting that little cheat snack that little cheat meal something to get you through your day while you're actually having something that's huge in protein ton of fiber in it while being low in sugar and low on carbs which is pretty much what every diet seems to be based on these days so if you'll find it, I mean, it definitely fits in my diet and I get something that breaks up the monotony of, you know, the chicken and broccoli. Right? You need something that's a treat. You don't want to grab a protein bar and have it be chalky or waxy, tastes like a chemical spill. You want something that feels like you're cheating on your diet while you're not doing it. And that's what you get with Built Bar. My favorite flavors are cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. You could also go mint brownie, which is good. Salted caramel. Chira Bar Sia is obviously another one with a great name as well. And there's limited time flavors coming out all the time. But you guys can even save some money since you listen to this show. If you go to built.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. It's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word, for 15% off at built.com. All right, David. Well, now it's time to get into some well-deserved All-Pro nominations. And this is something that is not to be confused with a Pro Bowl, right? This is something that is different because Pro Bowl obviously has fan voting in it. This is done by the Associated Press where there's 50 voters that vote on the All-Pro every year. And they basically get one vote for each position, right? And 
two edge rushers, you know, and so on and so forth. Much but, more highly regarded amongst the players. This is the award that they want. Um, Pro Bowl is very arbitrary because there it's voted on. The All-Pro nod, that holds some weight. One other thing about that, you can't get substituted off the All-Pro team, right? right. I mean, there's no yeah. – uh, my team's in the Super Bowl, so I'm not an All-Pro player no, anymore. Yeah, like exactly. There's so many alternates and things like that and so many more players taken to the Pro Bowl that – it has less of a meaning, even though I think yeah, waters the part that's voted on by the you know coaches and the players is still a little underrated because that still yeah. definitely means something. But we started talking about Andre Roberts. What an in-season acquisition, David. I mean, second in the NFL in average return yards, has the 101-yard kickoff return touchdown, multiple other 40-plus yard returns. And I mean, for me, I think it's no doubt about it, re-sign going into the offseason. I know people are upset about the fumble, but we just saw a spark at that position that we literally probably hadn't seen in, you know, 10-plus years. I mean, the last kickoff return touchdown was 2012. It was Michael Spurlock. So when you get a guy that comes in and does that so quickly in a unit that was struggling so much before he got there, because that's the other thing. I mean, four dudes had return kicks for the Chargers. None of them got over 17 yards per return. You're trying to get out to the 25, so the math doesn't add up there. This dude comes in, averages 27 yards per return he did more of that too he was better than that even just since he joined with the chargers after the texans released him mid-season i mean what more can you say about this dude david i mean to me you automatically bring him back and he absolutely earned that pro bowl all pro nod he absolutely did i mean when he came in he made an immediate impact he really brought some juice to a unit that was putting kj hill a seventh round pick out there who has absolutely no speed whatsoever Coming into the coming into the NFL, he didn't have any speed. So putting him as a kick returner, where you really need that kind of you know next level juice, he never possessed any of that. So for those people who don't want to bring Andre Roberts back, just remember that KJ Hill was out there trying to run, return kicks, and it was an ugly, ugly sight. When Andre Roberts came in, he yeah. was changing the field position in a big way for the Chargers, creating shorter fields and. A lot of the times when he had those big returns, that turned into touchdown drives because of it. So yeah. Andre Roberts made a huge impact. I don't. I think it's a guarantee for one year. It's not going to be super expensive. He made a difference. You got to reward that. You got to bring him back. No question about it. Yeah, maybe a little bit more expensive now just because of that sure. all-pro nod, right? I mean, I think there's a few teams that feel like they could use a returner like that, and there's obviously no guarantee that he comes back, but there's obviously no one waiting in the wings for the Chargers that you feel like is that explosive player, right? And hopefully they get somebody like that in the draft. But either way, I think you bring back Andre Roberts and see if he's not still the best returner because it would obviously be hard to beat with his vision in the open field was so good. The way he saw the seams and set up his blocks and brought that professionalism that Brandon Staley talked about was really cool to see. But another thing that was really cool to see was the Chargers having their first really good center again since Nick Hardwick getting a second-team All-Pro honors this year with Corey Lindsley. Maybe the best center in football. For my money, I mean, seeing him every weekend, I would say that he is. Zero sacks allowed, David, in the 2021 season. He only let Justin Herbert get hit twice in the entire year. Two quarterback hits allowed for Corey Lindsley. He gets an all-pro, second-team all-pro nod. And now, I mean, back-to-back, right, for Corey Lindsley. That's really awesome to see. And then, I mean, just 10 pressures allowed for the year. (laughs) I mean... That's not even, David, to talk about all the things that he did for Justin Herbert as far as helping him diagnose things, setting up the blocks, you know, calling things out on the defense when he's, you know, the only person standing, staring at the defense while everybody else is in the huddle. I mean, this dude came in, he was made the highest paid center in the NFL and 
lived up to every penny. Undoubtedly. I mean, he came in and it was night and day. The Chargers have been looking for that so commander, nice. that that guy that you can really trust in the middle. A guy who just makes every, he's a he's like a Derwin James. He makes everyone around him better because Truly, of his yeah. quality and his level of play and what he demands because he goes out there and plays like that every single play. He demands that the people next to him elevate their level of play so they can match what he is capable of doing. But the amount of pressure it took off of Justin Herbert to not have to worry about, you know, kind of setting the protections and getting as much information, um, trying to figure out what the alignment was, what the defense was in, all that information is only going to help Justin Herbert out. Um, and I, I think it's, uh, you know, a, it's really, really apparent how much he helped out this offense, helped out Justin Herbert. He was phenomenal this year. He, the number one, you know, the first team all pro guy, Jason Kelsey, he allowed 17 pressures and one sack. Corey Lindsley, 10 pressures and zero sacks. So that just goes to show you he didn't get the first team all pro nod, but he probably should. Yeah. I mean, he definitely had an argument for it, right? And he missed the game as well. And you saw how much they missed him when he was out, even though, you know, Questenberry did a really good job in his absence. It just isn't the same. The running game really struggled the most. Well, right? you see what a solid center does, and then you see what an all-pro center does. Exactly. I mean, it was still a pretty significant drop-off. But, I mean, the Chargers offensive line played so much better, and there's a lot of guys like Frank Smith that deserve a lot of credit for yeah. that, right, especially. But Corey Lindsley deserves a ton of credit, too, for that because – He's just such a great player, and I mean, also being the Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee for the Chargers, a great person as well. I mean, it's hard not to root for that family, right? And his wife's on Twitter, and they're all super, super nice. And it's good hard people. not to root for a guy really, like really that, good people. especially when they're that goddamn good. Yes. But talking about goddamn good, one of the most impressive things that I've seen this season was Rashawn Slater stealing two votes away from Trent Williams because. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Like, Jonathan Taylor, if he's getting all 50 votes, I mean, Trent Williams, you would think, would be another guy who could potentially pull off an all 50 votes unanimous decision. No second team honors going to anyone. And that's just how good Rashawn Slater was as a rookie, David. And we've talked about it so many times. I mean, what it means to have a left tackle of significance, right? And to have a probable left tackle, right? You'd have settled for a top 15 left tackle, a top 10 left tackle. Right now, the Chargers have a top two left tackle according to the all pro voting he was able to get two votes and hold off a couple of other guys with one vote and he absolutely deserved it because this dude came in and burst onto the scene as one of the best left tackles in the nfl and was that refreshing i can't help but smile whenever you bring up rashawn slater just a just because of how incredible this dude was this year. From game one, you knew as soon as he stepped out there, going up against Chase Young and dominating him in that first game, you're like, okay, this dude is for real. And then for real, for real. it carried all throughout the season. They ran behind him with great success. He was able to go out there on an island, eliminate the best pass rusher. The best pass rushers on the other team started out against Rashawn Slater, and then they gravitated very quickly over to the right side to take on the Chargers' right tackle because they were getting shut down by Rashawn Slater. Rashawn Slater was dominant in everything that he did. To have a dude that good this early on in his career on a rookie contract, it's almost as valuable as having a quarterback on a rookie contract. And oh, by the way, the Chargers have that as well. So <laughs> the future 
of this team and of this offense is in very, very good hands with Justin Herbert and his blindside protector, Rashawn Slater. And credit to the Chargers front office, you know. I mean, they should have been protecting him before this season, obviously, and Philip Rivers yeah, before Phillip him. Philip Rivers, but, man. Oh, for, I mean, but they saw the, you know, commodity that they had, and they went all in on the offensive side of things, especially with the offensive line, which probably hurt the defense a little bit, right, to be honest. But Rashawn Slater, just like the fact that he's manhandling grown-ass dudes after not playing football in over a year, right, taking a season off, and actually taking that time to go make yourself better and then going up against the premier guys in the NFL and one of the four sacks you gave up all year was because Austin Eckler Shout pushed out to Big Miles, <laughs> Miles pushed Miles Garrett back into Justin Herbert after you know Rashawn Slater was actually handling it fine. Like that dude went up against a catalog of great edge rushers. He also went up against the Cowboys, right? And Michael Parsons for some of that, even though Michael Parsons spent most of that day torturing Storm Norton. Like, mm-hmm. he went up against the best of the best that the NFL has to offer, and he just kept stepping up to each opportunity and delivering every time. I mean, never off balance, never seemed surprised by anything, never panicked, right? I mean, there was never just any totally Didn't get a lot of penalties either. He always knew when to let guys go and, you know, let Justin Herbert kind of escape. Yeah. It, he was just so technically proficient, and that was one of the first things that he said when he got drafted. He's like, hey, I am a technician, and that showed true throughout the season. Yeah, and I think, David, I mean, to have that dude and to get that pick right, is, I mean, one of the things that I'm sure is one of the reasons that Tom Tuesca still has a job right it ha- now. It has to be. That it is such a huge pick, and to stay put, right, and then not get that. I mean, imagine what we'd be doing had he stayed put and somebody else picked Rashawn Slater, right? And you don't end up getting him. I mean, we don't know who the charged first round pick would have been, right? Somebody else would have fallen, obviously, in that scenario. But, like, to know that dude turned into this and, like, you had a chance for him, right? Credit for staying there. Credit for making the pick. Thank God they did because, wow, that dude is so, so good. It just doesn't look like anything special. You know what I mean? As far as offensive lineman goes, and the dude just goes out and murks people. Like, he just is always the guy that, you know, seems to be winning every single matchup up front. But... There was another guy that obviously deserved some credit during this list and got some votes, but did not make it to the All-Pro team this year after doing it only one other time in his rookie season. So we're going to talk about whether Derwin James got snubbed in this one and who could potentially make the All-Pro list in 2022 coming up after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked on Charge podcast is BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the only place that I'm placing all my bets, and you can bet during these playoff runs. I'm betting all the time. We even get a Monday night playoff football game tonight. So many days to bet. And the only place I go is BetOnline because they have the best odds props that you're going to find. I mean, the player props on there that you can make for yourself, especially in these games where there's only one game pretty much at a time and you get to really hone in on the guys you're watching. BetOnline makes it so easy to do all of those things, and they have the best contest going on as well. So as we get closer to the Super Bowl, I know everyone bets on the Super Bowl. You're not going to find a better place than BetOnline to do it because they're going to have the best specials, so many contests they have going on where you guys can make so much money and since you listen to the show you can even get some free money because if you go to the new updated website you guys can use the promo code at locked on all caps one word to get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit that's free money to play with that bet online especially with the super bowl coming up guys the playoffs i'm offering you some free money to bet with at bet online it's the only place that you guys should be betting with from football basketball hockey boxing and ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers they have available for the 2022 season Bet online where the game starts. All right, David, we talked about the guys who rightfully earned their spots on the all pro list. And I think there's just one guy 
that it's missing, right? And it's Derwin James. And I think that yeah. even if you a second team all pro, I mean, I would have been fine with it. And I think like, that's the thing is like the reason we didn't make a big deal about all those dudes being second team all pro in the last segment is just like, that means you're top two in the NFL at your position. Yeah. Like there's 32 teams and you have a top two dude at that spot, which is why it's so tough to do it. And why it's such a big deal when a guy can make the all pro list. Right. And I think that Derwin James has made it already as a rookie, which is incredibly impressive. And I think he deserved to make at least the second team all pro bid this year selection as well, David, just because that's how impressive he was. And the crazy thing is like, I think this was kind of like a year of him ramping back up to full speed. Like I think next year he could be even better, but that doesn't mean he didn't deserve to get it this year. Yeah. And I agree with that as well. I mean, the first year in the defense for everyone. And also let's not forget that Derwin James was put all over the football field. He wasn't just a safety. He was a linebacker. He was an edge rusher. I mean, he was, you know, he wore five or six different hats because that's what this defense required of Derwin James. I mean, that's how he was able, you know, that's how this defense was going to be maximized was having him all over the football field. And that really wasn't taken into account. And it it did have, you know, a little bit of an effect on the overall numbers. I think the, the the big thing that kind of sticks out is he didn't have the big sexy interception numbers that they really kind of want from this position. They did drop, he dropped a couple throughout the year. Um, but Derwin James did play at an all pro level. Uh, and I think, you know, you take some exceptions, not so much with the first team all pro selection. I think Kevin Byard had a, an incredible year and he, he won that um, des- very deservingly, but yeah. there's a couple other guys uh, on that second team all pro list that uh, definitely probably should have been replaced by Derwin James. Yeah, and I mean, you're splitting here. It's a lot of these guys had great seasons. Jordan Poyer probably had the best season out of any safety, right? And I mean, he didn't have the most votes. Kevin Byer did. And when you play, that's the other thing about this too, is like, look at the teams these guys are playing for. Like Justin Simmons is the only exception. Obviously, the Broncos didn't make the playoffs. But at the same time, though, I mean, Micah Hyde, Kevin Byer, Jordan Poyer, all of those teams are in the playoffs. You know, some of the best teams in the playoffs. That does make a difference in it. But the interception numbers, right? I mean, Poirier had five, Byard had five, Justin Simmons had five. The one I take exception with, because he doesn't even really have that argument, is Micah Hyde. And the other thing is, too, Derwin James led every safety in tackles, right? Yeah. So he's way above all these dudes in tackles, but tackles aren't, you know, the best indicator of how good a player is, obviously. But when you played the way Derwin James was this year, it's going to take away from stats like pass breakups and interceptions because he's not just playing back and waiting to undercut routes and get interceptions, right? You still should have had a couple more. But he's used everywhere. I mean, out of all these dudes, he has the second most tackles for us with seven, right? He has more interceptions than Micah Hyde. Micah Hyde only had 74 tackles, according to Pro Football Reference, according, you know, going against Derwin James, 118. Derwin James had two sacks, according to Pro Football Reference. According to Pro Football Focus, he had three sacks, right? And he also, Jordan, or Micah Hyde only had one sack this season and four tackles for us. So, I mean, that's just the stats, right, obviously. But I think when you watch these players play, and I haven't watched every single Buffalo Bills game this year, but I have seen them, and I know they are a good tandem of safeties on the back end there. I just think that Derwin James brings something different, and I love Micah Hyde as a player. But I think Derwin James, because if you're going to, you know, say he should be in there, you got to take somebody out. So I think he probably should have been a second-team all-pro player, playing only 15 games, coming back from only playing, you know, five games in the two seasons leading up to it. All incredibly pr- impressive things. Like, there's no slouch on being the next guy up because he was fifth, and the four safeties made the first or second team, David. So, yeah, there was no slouch. He did get some respect there. He still should have been second team all pro, and I think next year 
he will absolutely be on that list again. And I think every player that made the list for the Chargers this year has a chance to be back on that list next year, especially Rashawn Slater, especially Corey Lindsley, right? I mean, those dudes are just two of the top players out there position already. But will there be another one, David? And I think that's the question because this isn't Pro Bowl, right? Charge had six Pro Bowlers, five starters, which is great. This is all pro. You have to be Mm -hmm. top two at your position, top four, right? If you're a safety, top six, if you're a receiver, you can get in in the second team. But do you see another Chargers player making it next year that didn't make it this year? Yeah, I think there's only one name that comes to mind that's a legitimate option, and I think we both know what that name is. It's Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa had the most strip, strip sacks in the league this year, was a turnover machine in that respect. He did hit 10 sacks, but I still think we're not close to the top level end production that Joey Bosa can provide. I think if you get him uh, another edge rusher to kind of pair in that group, to get him even more one-on-one opportunities, that's going to bode well. Also, another year in this defense, a better defensive tackle, hopefully in the middle, to try to get some pressure in the middle as well to you know to be able to help him out. More pressure, the better for Joey Bosa. That's only going to get him more of those opportunities where you can't double him as much as every single team in the NFL did this season. I think that if the Chargers' overall defense improves next year, then Joey Bosa is going to improve, and thus he very well could earn that all-pro nod. And I think you talked about at the beginning of the year how much different this was in the roles he was current, you know, was in before, besides yeah. like his very first season when they were running a 3-4 under John Pagano, but I think he has, you know, had some growing pains a little bit, and I think he's still getting used to that position, and I think you are going to see his best performance, I think, for me in 2022. I honestly believe that, because one of the big things that did come away from this year was one of the healthiest seasons we've ever seen from Joey Bosa, and that deserves a lot of credit as well. Derwin James playing 15 games. He will take that every season. I would sign up for 15 games of Derwin James, but I think Joey Bosa, yeah, because it would be tough. <laughs> You're going up against the Miles Garrett, the TJ Watts, right? I mean, the Trey Hendrickson this year made it. Like, he could be an all, a second-team All-Pro. I mean, Joey Bosa had one of the votes this year. So, I mean, people were still recognizing it. He even has to go up against his own brother, Nick Bosa, who hopefully is okay. But, I mean, that dude is really, really good as well. Yes. I mean, it's like watching a mirror image. They're so similar to each other, and they're both just so, so good. But I think that you'll see the, the stats maybe reflect that more, especially – if the Chargers can add to that defensive front, because I think the more impact players you can add there, the more people you have to worry about, the better people you have in coverage to keep the ball in the quarterback's hands longer, the better guys you have in the front to give Joey Bo some more one-on-one opportunities without blitzing Drew Tranquil to get it every single time, right? Like those things will all help Joey Bosa take his game to the next level. And I just don't know if I see anyone under contract right now, David, that has a real chance of being an all-pro next year, unless it was like a total you know, out of left field situation. Like I like Matt yeah. Filer. Yeah, hopefully they bring back Ode Abushi or whatever, you know, Keenan Allen. I think, you know, at his best could be a top six receiver and get that nod. I mean, I think he was real close to Cole Beasley last year when Cole Beasley won it. Um, but I think that it's one of those things where it's just so tough, even for Justin Herbert, because that's the guy yeah. that everyone listening to this can be like, you haven't talked about Justin Herbert on this part. Y- yeah. I think Justin Herbert will win either a first or second team all pro in his career for sure. But right yeah. now, what a murderer's row you have to go to get there, right? I mean, you're talking about you have to beat out Tom Brady and Aaron yeah, Rodgers, Brady at least for Rogers, next season, right? right? Yeah. I mean, you have Patrick Mahomes you're going up against as well. 
You have the Josh Allens who just literally scored a touchdown every single drive against the Patriots in the playoffs, really which impressive. I didn't know was humanly possible. And then, you know, we'll see what happens to Lamar Jackson if he comes back. I mean, Matthew Stafford's putting up a great season. Kyler Murray had a lot of MVP hype early. There's a lot of competition there, and you have to make it to the top two. <laughs> that's just one of those things where, like, that's a really, really tough thing because there's a lot of very talented quarterbacks. And hopefully I'm wrong, David, but obviously you need to bring in some more talent, so we'll see if they can bring in that caliber of player because right now it seems like out of all the guys, yeah, Joey Bosa has the best shot. We'll see what they add to it. Yeah, absolutely. I think the only other guy that kind of came to mind for me initially was Austin Eckler. I, I wanted that to be the case, but yeah. just looking at all the other running backs and all the like more pure running backs, right? You know, the guys are going to get a ton of carries. Yeah. Like Jonathan King, Taylor like got a, 50 votes, so they yeah, love the yeah, old school running back. Right, yeah. the unanimous type of running back there. You know, obviously not taking anything away from that dude. He had a, a tremendous season, but if Austin Eckler is going to have a season where he has 1,588 plus all-purpose yards and 20, 20 touchdowns and and not even get a you know Pro Bowl nod, let alone an All-Pro consideration. I just doesn't it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen unless they kind of make a new role where it's just like offensive weapon. <laughs> and then Austin Eckler would uh, definitely be in line for that one. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I think Darren Sproles got something weird one time, some something along those similar lines. But it, that's, and that's why I was telling you before the show because I was just like, I mean. You're not making the Pro Bowl. He wasn't even the first alternate. What a joke is that, right? Yeah, I mean, the dude ridiculous. scored 20 touchdowns. You also have Derrick Henry coming back to the conference next year, right? Who yeah. was leading everything before he left. Even yeah, and he more was still leading that. the league like after like seven or eight weeks of him being yeah. injured. And he's also in a conference ridiculous. with Nick Chubb, who's really yeah. good. You know, So it's just tough at that position. I, I love Austin Eckler. I think he's such an invaluable piece to this offense. It just doesn't seem like it's a, an award set up for a running back like him to go out there and win. And I think that's yeah. really just the part about it. That's really, really tough. But I think, you know, it was great to see that this year because the Chargers don't get all pros every year. I mean, most yeah. years they go without one. So to see that recognition was cool. I do think they have bright things on the horizon. I think Derwin James will get back to the promised land there, but there's also some players in the playoffs, David, that are making me get some ideas of some things the Chargers need to add in the playoffs. And I do want to get into that at some point this week, you know, stealing some players for some other teams. What would Debo Samuel look like? On the Chargers. I mean, really? Don't, good. Yeah, don't get me started on that. But we have some other fun stuff as well. Maybe we'll get into some Twitter Tuesday. We still have some end of season awards that we're going to get into. But to make sure you don't miss it, make sure to subscribe to the new Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you can find the show there. And you can also find the show on all of our social media if it doesn't pop up there. The Twitter for the Chargers. <laughs> For the show is at Locked On LAC, and you can also find our at Locked On Chargers Instagram page and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrogTalkSD. But hope you guys enjoy the off-season content. Thank you for making us your first listen again, and we'll be back every day, and we'll start getting ready for all the exciting things to come. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.